I'd like to thank everybody for listening. This is the Five Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Dante Garland. Uh, as you're listening now, I'd like to encourage you to go follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the Five Wire Podcast and on Twitter at the Five P. Once again, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Dante Garland. If you do not know me personally, uh, I have been a high school football coach for 10 years. I'm an avid football fan and an avid football junkie. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume you are too. Um, I decided to start a podcast mostly for my love of college football. I love to express my thoughts on college football. love to talk to you know other coaches about teams, um, other fans about teams. I think as far as like coaching and fandom, I'm kind of in the middle of the old school and the new school way of thinking about, you know, how football should be played and, and uh, you know, the way coaching should be done, um, things that should be done in practice, not in practice, um, the way a program should be run. I kind of bridge that gap a little bit. It's interesting, um, you know, just talking to my brother and who's uh, eight years older than me and, and talking to my dad about certain programs and we watch a game together. We all have a different perspective of watching a game and, uh, I think it's pretty cool. I thought, you know, people will want to hear a different perspective as far as, you know, game analysis and things like that. So, uh, you know, and it's also a new challenge. You know, some of my favorite personalities are in are doing podcasts right now. And uh, I told my wife about a year and a half ago, I thought that I wanted to start a podcast. Uh, I had no clue what I wanted to talk about. Um, and then I just kind of put it off, you know, didn't really think about it and couple of weeks ago, you know, I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do, I'm going to dip my toe in the water and we're going to figure it out as we go. So here we are. Um, today, we're just going to talk about, you know, what the podcast is going to cover, um, you know, the different segments, uh, you know, the overall view I have for the podcast. Um, and then we're going to get into a little discussion about, you know, a couple of coaches who are in new places, uh, a couple of programs who elevated some coaches. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit, and, and that'll be it for today. Um, so let's get into it. Okay, so on the podcast, we are going to talk about news as far as rumors uh, we'll talk about you know things that coaches say in the press conferences give injury updates uh, we're going to talk about recruiting uh, we're going to do a little different take on recruiting on this show at least I'm going to try to we're going to talk about you know what certain schools have to offer um, if it's you know things as far as a school or is it just a coach um, we're going to deep dive on you know why some of the top kids are choosing a place is it playing time is it uh, academics and then uh we're going to give analysis pre and post game, um, have, uh, you know, great post game discussions on why a game, you know, might've went the way that it did. Uh, we'll do weekly picks. Um, I'll try to get a way to, to maybe do like some, some pick segments for you guys and, and read them off on a podcast. So that could be pretty fun. Uh, as far as the segments go, um, I think that's going to be ever changing, but so to start off, I have some some pretty cool segment ideas. Um, we're gonna have uh, historic team breakdowns where you know I pick a team of the week, uh, maybe one of the best teams of all time, 
uh, and we break them down and we talk about, you know, um, how we feel they could have done in a different era, uh, where they built for the era that they were in, where they before their time, where they're after their time, uh, you know, some of our favorite players on that team, um, and then just give, you know, have, have a fun way of talking about a, a, a team that we grew up watching. Um, we're going to have a favorite player segment away from that as far as like, uh, you know, some of the most iconic players in college football uh, talk about, you know, I'll talk about you know, my analysis of that player and, and uh, what they meant for college football, what they meant for their program. Um, and then we'll have another segment called Remember Him. And it'll be a, a, a segment about, you know, a guy that a lot of people might not remember uh, you, until you hear his name. And then we'll wonder, you know, well, why didn't he make it? Uh, why wasn't his name bigger maybe in college or um, in the NFL? So let's get into today's topic. We're going to talk about a couple of coaches who are at new places here in 2019 um, or just have been elevated in the place that they were already at. Um, I got a couple of guys that I want to deep dive on. And then we have some honorable mention guys and we're going to go from there. So uh, first, let's do a Les Miles in Kansas. (laughs) So Les has been gone for two years. Um. I looked at a little bit of the spring game highlights. Uh, they're going to be pro style, going to be under center. They're going to try to, you know, slow the game down, which I think is going to kind of be hard in the highest scoring conference in college football. Um, you know, everybody in the Big 12 is wide open. Everybody, you know, is damn near no huddle. Everybody wants to get in at least uh, 90 plays a game. And, and I think um, I think at, at least the first couple of years, Les is going to have trouble as far as what's going on on the field. Just not gonna have the talent to stack up against somebody like Oklahoma or Texas or Oklahoma State, um, Iowa State. I just don't think that he's gonna have that. Um, I'm not gonna say that he can't get them to six wins. Um, we'll deep dive more into that when we do the the conference breakdowns. But um, I just think um, you know he's he's shooting for a bowl game. I think. You know, a bowl game there is, is phenomenal if he can get to that stature. So I'm not looking, you know, to less going to Kansas is, um, you know, oh, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to, you know, get to a national championship game. I don't think that's what that is. I, and I think Les understands that. And I think that's why Les took that job. You know, Les is, you know, 70 something years old. He doesn't need that pressure. He doesn't need the pressure that he had at LSU to compete for a national title every year. I think he just, he wanted another opportunity to prove that he can coach. And I think that was, that's more what it was about, not um, going somewhere where, you know, he's trying to compete with the, the best in the nation. Um, but I think it's just more so of him being back in his comfort zone and, and uh, being back in his, you know, his rhythm. You know, he came from Oklahoma State before he was at LSU. So he knows the conference. Um, but the conference was starting to change when he left the first time. And I feel like he's coming back and, you know, this is probably offensively the best conference in college football. And everybody knows the downfall of those LSU teams. They couldn't score to save their life. Like they, they couldn't. 
you could put no defense out there and they couldn't score. Um, you know, even some of their best teams, uh, the reason that they lost to Bama was because they couldn't score a touchdown. So, you know, I, I feel like this is a second chance for Liz just to prove that he can coach and show that he's one of the best coaches in college football. I feel like if they get the six wins this year, he's going to have a statue. <laughs> They're not good. And, you know, you can see he's, he's, you know, trying everything already just to bring notoriety to the program. He had Rick Ross perform at the spring game, um, which is a circus in itself. So, you know, I, I'm wishing Les a look. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see them play against uh, some of those high-scoring offenses in college football today. So the next coach I want to talk about is Ryan Day at Ohio State. Um, Ryan was the former quarterback coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and San Francisco 49ers a couple of years ago. Uh, he's been an assistant at OSU for two years. This will be his third year. Last year, he served as an interim head coach when Urban was suspended for two games. Um, I thought the offense last year was probably the best pass offense I've seen from an Urban Meyer coach team. Um, that's including Bowling Green. Utah, Florida. I just thought the pass game was more explosive. I thought it was more efficient. I thought it was more, um, you know, downfield passing than what we've seen from an Urban Meyer coach team. Uh, you know, just Haskins. Number Haskins is going to get drafted. He's going to get paid this year based off what he did this season. I mean, he had 533 attempts and completed 70% of his passes, had 50 touchdowns and only eight interceptions. I thought they were super efficient in the pass game. Uh, the only gripe that I had as far as the offense was I didn't think that they were as dominant in a run game as an Urban Meyer team has been. And I think that's going to be, um, you know, the direction that Ryan Day um, is going to, uh, that's going to be one of the things that he's going to try to fix uh, in this upcoming season as the head coach. Uh, I just felt like, you know, anytime you watch an Urban Meyer team, uh, like I said, uh, I mean, dating back to Utah, when, you know, they were a little bit more zone re-option based with Alex Smith. Um, and then, you know, they were more uh, gap scheme stuff with Reed principles of Florida. Um, I just felt like um, those years and, you know, these years at Ohio State, he has been able to run the ball whenever he wanted. And I just felt like that was one of the weaknesses of last year's team. Um, I think that they had a couple of close games because they were not as dominant in the run game. So I think that's going to be one area he looks to fix. But other than that, I mean, it's Ohio State. There's not much that you need to do. Um, he just needs to pretty much keep the wheels turning. I think he's going to be able to do that. Uh, the big one is going to be at U of M at the end of the year. Um, we got a long time before that happens. A long time before I even want to touch that game and break it down. Um, because I have no idea what I, you know, what either of these teams are going to be. I feel like I feel like Ryan Day is going to be successful as a Ohio State football coach. Now, is it as successful as Urban Meyer? I don't know. I don't know. I can't give an answer to that. But uh, I feel like they're going to go into this season. They're going to be rolling. They're going to look good, uh, especially with Justin Fields at quarterback. Um, he has talent coming coming back. You know, you do lose some guys offensively, but I mean, you have Hobbs coming back. You have Justin Fields. Um, you know, you got to make it work. Uh, 
got a list of guys here that I, I want to list. Um, I don't want to go too far in, in details on, but just talk about them at their new places and, uh, you know, kind of like an honorable mention list. So we got Manny Diaz at the U. Um, I think that's a good hire for Miami. Uh, Miami fans might have wanted a personality, uh, someone like Lane Kiffin, but I think they got a hell of a football coach instead. Um, you know, the defense was a star of that 2017 season, and I, I feel like, you know, Manny was a part of that. He, he was the reason for that. Um, he created the turnover chain. I think he's going to bring a little swag back to the U. And uh, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, what happens uh, here on out and, and, you know, just have some sustained success at Miami because I think it, it's needed for college football and it's needed for that program. Um, college football thrives when that program thrives. And, and you know, I, I hope that, you know, we get to see a, a nice little run here from Andy Diaz and the Hurricanes. Um, next, I got uh, Matt Wells leaving Utah State to go to Texas Tech. Now, a lot of people might know say texas tech who cares about who coached that texas tech um you know before they hired matt wells and when they fired cliff kingsbury i thought that you don't know nobody that they were they wouldn't be able to get anybody in here um that you know anybody would care about i mean cliff was an alumni um cliff's probably one of the most brilliant offensive minds in football right now and if he wasn't able to win there then who would be um, but I just think it's a lot of factors that go in into a place like Texas Tech. Um, and that type of offense at Texas Tech, you're not going to have the kids every year, um, you know, to, to be successful there and run what they were running under Cliff Kingsbury. Um, if you've never seen a Utah State team play in the last couple of years under Matt Wills, um, just watch a Texas Tech game this year. Um, they're going to be real fun to watch offensively. Uh, you know, last year Utah State was second in total offense. Um, they do a lot of, they did a lot of different things. Um, they'll give you empty sets. They'll run jet. They'll give you, you know, three receivers and an H back. Um, they run zone read. They run option. They run gap scheme stuff. They run boots. They run play action. Um, it, it's a real, real fun system to watch. And I think that. He can be successful. They can be an eight-win, you know, program under Matt Wells. And I felt like, you know, just the difference between that and Cliff Kingsbury is uh, Matt's going to be hungry. You know, Cliff was there for a long time. Matt's going to come in. He's going to have those kids ready to play. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I got uh, next up Dana Holgerson leaving West Virginia for Houston. A lot of people were shocked by that. Um, I just felt like. Dana felt like it was time to go. He was kind of burnt out of the situation. Um, you know, that, that's that's a tough situation. That's a tough situation coaching there to me. I mean, you know, we're on the East Coast and we have to keep traveling the road games in the middle of the country uh, to play in the highest scoring conference in football. I mean, that's just... And, and he almost got to the conference championship last year, so... I mean, for a guy like that to feel like he wasn't wanted and and to be, you know, kind of ran out in his words, um, to end up at Houston, I think that's a big get for Houston. Um, that's one of those programs that they don't need to do anything. Um, they pour enough money into that program. Uh, and the teams that they play, they can be, um, you know, one of the group of five teams that, you know, they can be what UCF is right now uh, under Dana Hogerson. And, and I truthfully believe that, and I'm excited to see uh, what he does as the head coach at Houston. Um, 
We got Mike Loxley, uh, who was the co-offensive coordinator at Bama, going to Maryland. Um, Mike is a great coach. I just don't I, I don't believe Maryland is a good program. Um, I thought they were better off in the ACC, um, sneaking out a couple of good seasons. Um, but I just think they're stuck here in the Big Ten. I, I, I don't I don't see them doing anything as far as you know making noise in the conference or. They're an okay team. I think they're going to stay an okay team. I think it's probably Big Ten purgatory. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wishing Mike Loxley luck, but I just don't see the excitement for taking over at Maryland. Um, and then I have a couple of honor, honorable mention offensive coordinator jobs. Uh, we got Kendall Bryles going from Houston to Florida State. Uh you guys are going to hear me talk about Kendall Bryles probably a lot this season. Um, just, you know, probably one of my favorite guys in college football right now. Probably, um, you're probably going to hear his name a lot on TV as well. Um, especially if Florida State plays up to to what I think they, they will this year. Um, I think Willie Taggart had a tough first season. Um, he did that to himself a little bit. But I feel like uh, him giving the, over those responsibilities and not having to worry about the offense and letting Kendall Bryles come in and, and, and put his stamp on it, I feel like they're going to be uh, really, really exciting to watch. Uh, you know, Kendall Bryles, his last you know couple of years of offense coordinator, his first year at Florida Atlantic um, with Lane Kiffin, they were eighth in total offense. And then last year, um, as the associate head coach and offensive coordinator in Houston, they were fifth in total offense. So, um, I think Florida State's going to be a top 20 offensive team. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, whether or not they have all the pieces to compete in the ACC, which I think they do. And, and you know, we're kind of just waiting, Simo, and see what goes from there. And then next I got um, Josh Gaddis uh, going from Alabama as a co-offensive coordinator to U of M. I was not excited about this hire at all. Um until I had clarification that, you know, Josh is going to be able to do what he wants. And that's what Jim says, and that's what Josh says. And I've, I've seen some spring practices, and I've heard Josh talk, and I've heard terminology used in practices. And it seems like, genuinely seems like, Josh is going to be able to do what he wants. I mean, I heard them calling out midline and practice. Uh, anybody who knows anything about, you know, uh, football, as far as if you're running midline um, and, you know, primarily he says they're going to be a gun team. I mean, they're going to look a little like how Bama has looked under Tua. And uh, I think Shea is capable of that. I don't know um, if he's capable of that downfield passing. I, I don't think his arm is as strong as Tua's is. But as far as everything else, you know, 15 yards and up, I feel like that passing game is perfect for him. I feel like the run game is perfect for you of them and I'm a okay so that is going to conclude the first ever edition of the 5Y podcast I'd like to thank everybody for listening today um, normal episodes will probably be a little bit longer than this but I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of of uh, background on why we're starting the podcast and so just give you a little taste of what the podcast is going to be like um, once again you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, I appreciate you guys joining me on this journey. Um, Hope you guys have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks.